What is up, you guys? And welcome back to the Force the Change podcast season two, baby. Um, I know that some people that have podcasts do seasons. And so seeing as that I took a month off from creating the podcast, we're just going to be super trendy and just say that this is season two launching just because uh, I needed a hot minute. Um, but we're back. Um Things got a little crazy there. Uh, the last time that you know I spoke to you guys, I um, had made a very, very large decision about quitting competitive bodybuilding for the time being. Um, it's been about a month, and I already miss it. <laughs> it's just a mindset. Mindset. Is she ready this morning? I don't know. It's just a mindset. Set. I mindset shift mindset shift, mindset shift. It's a mindset shift um, is really all it is. Like I'm not doing anything a whole lot differently than I was before. I'm still tracking my meals, still training, still making very conscious decisions to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, and I still follow bodybuilding religiously. Um, this is something that I've learned is uh, in my bones. Um, and it's something that is going to stick with me for the rest of my life. I think I will always, always, always be a bodybuilder. And I think I already knew that um, when I quit competitive bodybuilding um, or I posted that podcast a month ago. Um, but I think it'll always be something that is ever present in my life and something that I will always be dedicated to. Um, I tell people all the time, I can almost guarantee you I'll probably track my food or my macros the rest of my life. It's just something that I enjoy. Um, and I think that this little bit of control that I do have over my life is a healthy control. Um, we've identified in ample amounts of therapy that, um, you know, having control and having control issues can't always be a bad thing. And there is a certain amount of control that, people crave or need over their their life and their lifestyle. And I think I'm just somebody that needs a little bit more control. And when I don't have that certain amount of control and I'm living in chaos is when things start to get a little bit dicey. Um, so it's just a lot of self-reflection, um, self-improvement, those kind of things. But ultimately, you know, I'm a month after making that decision, I'm happier than I've ever been. Um, given like life is never going to be easy and it's never going to be, uh, I made a post on this a few days ago actually about how there's never really a path laid out in front of you that is like this golden road, like, you know, freaking Dorothy and her red slippers on the yellow brick road. There is no road that is paved that you're like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to go. This is the avenue I'm supposed to go down. This is the business venture I'm supposed to take a chance on. There's never going to be anything that is laid out for you. You know, life, all it is, is just a constant learning game where you take risks and you make assessments and you decide to you know, take this path or go this way down the fork instead of this way and invest in this and not that or take this trip and not that one or, you know, trust this person and not that person. And that those kind of decisions that you have to consciously make throughout your day and your week and your life and your year. And you're never going to be able to, that you're never going to be, you're never going to stop making those decisions every single day. You have a choice Every single day, every day that you wake up in the morning, you have a plethora of choices, like from 
what am I going to do with my life to what am I going to have for breakfast? They can be as complex or as simple as you um, really want to identify them as, but I think that there's always going to be choices. And so obviously, you know, my life got easier and less uh, strict and diligent and, um, you know, less demanding in my fitness portion of my life. And so I was able to put energy towards other areas of my life. And now, you know, other problems arise because you're never not going to have conflict. Part of that post that I, um, that I really dove into on Instagram was saying, you know, that the universe wants conflict. It wants, um, it, it wants there to be trials and tribulations. It wants it to be difficult. It wants chaos. It wants like nobody lives this perfect life. Nobody lives on this perfect earth that everything goes right for them. It, you are always going to face obstacles that are going to make you choose what is most important to you in life and what matters most and go down that path that aligns with your values and, you know, your morals, your beliefs, etc. And so that's why no two people live the same life and no two people have the same brain. And, you know, another thing that I've realized throughout this month is that um, I think that everybody is batshit crazy, like literally every single person on this earth. Um, I think everyone is a little bit nuts in their own way. But thinking that one certain person or everybody but you has it figured out is so naive and just so wrong and false. Everybody has their own struggles and whether they choose to be open and honest and vulnerable about those on a social platform or even with their immediate friends and family, you know, it's really nobody's business. And I've just learned that, you know, everyone's got their own shit going on. Keep your head down, do your thing, and do what you think is best for you. And so that's what I did a month ago when I decided to stop with the coaching, stop with competitive bodybuilding, stop with the diligent tracking of all my biomarkers. And honestly, I think that my body is very, very thankful. Um, I've put on, to get into a little bit more of the details, because um, I do want to talk you guys through... Um, what I have kind of done that may or may not be similar or different from others that have um, reversed after a very, very long dieting phase. Because like I said in my last episode, you know, I was um, in a caloric deficit for almost two years. Um, and that really, really, really took a very very hard toll on my body. Um, and I'm still recovering and I think I will be recovering for a long time. Um, what I'm currently doing right now is I am slowly reversing myself out of the caloric deficit that I was in. Um, and we're, we're doing pretty good so far. Um, I feel great. Um, the first couple of weeks of the month, that I've been doing this so far were very, very tough because my body was just going through so many changes, reintroduction of foods, um, adding calories, less strict. I would honestly, you know, I keep saying like strictness and diligence and uh, rigidity of a plan, but honestly, I think that I would just honestly put all of those under the category of stress. So, 
because doing all of those things, not that it necessarily stresses everybody out, but I think that it's mental stress that you have to check in with yourself every day and constantly worry about. You're giving yourself more variables to worry about. I mean, I would check in with my coach and because my health has been off for so long, all of my biofeedback would be bad. Like I'd have really high blood glucose. My blood pressure was either really high or really low. Um, Obviously, I was in and out of the ER, so my body was just tanking, um, in my personal opinion, for malnutrition um, and stress, but mostly malnutrition. Um, And my hormones were so tanked. And honestly, if I had pushed on, I would not doubt that one or more of my organs would have eventually given out on me because I've just being nobody is meant to be in that kind of state in a dieting phase for that long and i knew that but part of the problem with coaching is that you don't always pay attention to all those variables because bodybuilding has taught us as athletes to shut up and do what you're told and i used to pride myself on being the shut up and do what you're told girl and coaches loved me because i would do everything they said i would i would ask questions but i would never really question i would question their their methods and their changing of variables in a learning standpoint like why did you do that i'm curious but i would never really question them in terms of is this the right move right now or i would never i didn't feel that i was educated enough um to ask the tough questions or assess my physique and my biofeedback whereas i would just ask as a curiosity standpoint to learn as you know an aspiring fitness professional um so i would shut up and do what i was told and i couldn't tell you honestly for the last two years what my calories were at. I didn't know because I didn't care. Like I had somebody watching over me. Um, I had somebody prepping me. I had somebody reversing me or, you know, being in charge of this health phase. So I never really considered that I should be looking at my own calories. And now that I am and I'm reversing myself and I'm coaching myself, you know, my macros and my calories are really one of the only variables that I'm tracking other than you know, just how I'm feeling on a daily basis, how my digestive system is, uh, you know, processing everything that I'm giving it. Um, You know, I've just been kind of watching the physical changes and taking note of the mental changes and emotional changes and how everything is changing. And that's, that's what I do for myself as a check-in, you know, I have check-ins, uh, once a week I've been doing every Monday, but I think I'm honestly going to change it to every Friday because I usually do my cheat meal, my one cheat meal a week on either Saturday night or Sunday. And I have been known to have a glass or two of alcohol with that free meal. Um, and the problem with that is that I've learned that alcohol is most likely the reason that I have had so many issues in the past. So given, you know, I was uh, sober and alcohol free for almost two years throughout prep and or I would say probably in total a year because I had re- a refeed in the early in that prep. So I would say for a full year, I was alcohol free um, and I really did enjoy it. It gave me a lot of mental clarity. I really liked going out and not drinking. I thought it was very powerful and I was able to do so many more things and get my weekends back. Um, and I've noticed that now that I've reintroduced alcohol, maybe 
you know, one or two drinks, but I would say once a week, um, it's taken back my weekend. Like my Sundays are tanked because I can't get out of bed in the morning. And then when I do go to do my check-ins on Monday, I'm really not happy with them because I'm so bloated. And it's not until about, you know, Friday or Saturday, almost a week later, um, that I personally feel that my body has returned to, uh, it's normal homeostasis or it's normal look, it's real look, um, without the swelling and water retention from that alcohol. Um, so I've really been able to see, you know, what that does to my body. And, you know, at the end of the day, alcohol is poison. I've said that since the beginning, but you know, a bitch loves a tequila shot and an espresso martini. She just does. And so, do I need it once a week? Probably not. I will probably dial that back, but um, I do enjoy alcohol in a social setting. Um, but honestly, it's about one or two drinks for me now. And at this point, I'm starting to question if it's worth it because I don't like what it does to my brain or my body. So we might be dialing back on that. But you know, this is the opportunity that I've been given. It's just like I look at my life as a whole. And when you're keeping everything so stable throughout the week or, you know, your macros are so great throughout the week, um, week to week, month to month that you're tracking and you're optimizing your bodily functions, you know, you can take that break and you can have a glass of alcohol and assess how that makes you feel and not feel guilty about it. And like, I look forward to my cheat meals on the weekends. They used to scare the shit out of me because obviously after a refeed or a free meal, when you're either low on calories or not, you know, if you're high on calories too, just having more processed foods or sugars or, you know, something off plan for you will inevitably give you some bloating and water retention. But something that I'm working on in therapy is when I do get bloated and uh, I have a lot of water retention because my body is very comfortable holding water. Um, I mean, we saw it throughout my whole prep and my health phase. I mean, my, my health phase was, um, or my gut dysbiosis phase, you know, for those three months that I was really, really diligently following that plan. You know, I got down to a body weight that I've never been to since I was like 13. Um, and, you know, I actually looked lean and conditioned how I would imagine that I would look on stage, but I wasn't very full. I was very, very flat. Um, and I do think that I lost some muscle tone because of that phase, but you know, I wouldn't change anything, but I think that all of this is a learning experience and I'm kind of just rambling because I didn't really have a topic that I wanted to talk to you guys about this week. I just wanted to kind of reintroduce myself, be like, what the fuck is up? I miss you guys. <laughs> it's been, it's been hard to cut out time for things that I enjoy because I'm just so overwhelmed with trying to go back to everything that I enjoy and being social and connecting with people and doing things that I wasn't able to do for almost two years. Like I just want to, I want to do everything. I want to go everywhere. I want to do everything. I want to stick to my protocols as best I can while enjoying my freaking life because I feel like you know, I chose to prep. I chose to get a coach. I chose to go through all of that. I chose to change coaches. I chose to go through a dieting or a gut dysbiosis phase. I chose to do all of that. And I'm so happy that I did because I learned so, so much. Um, but I'm just ready for this life phase and I've said it over and over again. And so I couldn't be happier where I'm at, but I just kind of wanted to walk you guys through all those little thoughts that I had before I get into the details of what I have personally done 
for this reverse diet. And, um, I've never, I've never coached anybody before. I've done personal training, um, and I've advised people on macros and kind of just how to get started and loosely how to follow it, but I've never coached anybody. I've never coached myself. Um, I've, in terms of nutrition, I was, that was when I first hired my first bodybuilding coach is when I wanted to learn more about nutrition because I really couldn't, I was, you know, quote unquote coaching myself, but honestly I was just doing my own programming in the gym, which was fantastic, but I didn't have the nutrition side of it. So that's where I hired my first coach. But, you know, it's been two years, two plus years, it's been about three years that I've been coaching or, or with, with a coach. Now I'm not again, but, um, three years that I've been under a coach and I've learned so much about nutrition and I feel very confident going forward. And I really don't feel that there's anybody that knows my body better than me. And so I decided to, even though I was and still am scared as shit, um, (laughs) which I, uh, part of my, my, uh, reversing out of everything that I'd been through the last couple of years, um, my promise to myself was weekly therapy. Um, and we've been doing weekly therapy and it's going really well. But one of the <laughs> one of the things that has been really plaguing me is, you know, starting this reverse diet on my own, coaching myself on my own, having nobody to really bounce ideas off with, which is what I really valued in a coach, um, was somebody that could not necessarily tell me what was happening with me, but it just could like, I could talk through it and they would either be like, yes, you're right. Or no, it's probably this, or just like someone to learn from. Um, and so I'm doing my, my own stuff and I've, I've always been one to discredit myself, uh, not give myself enough credit, uh, not think that I am intelligent that I am or can handle nearly as much that I do. Um, and so I've been working on that in therapy and part of that you know, a lot of that PTSD and a lot of those emotions are coming out in the form of this reverse diet because I was so scared to go at it on my own. I've never coached anybody. I've never reversed anybody, let alone myself. And I know how important it is to stick to your protocols during a reverse. And, you know, just all the bad things that can happen when you're trying to restore your hormones and whatnot, which I mean, I went into that all of my lab work and whatnot in the last episode, um, in the I Quit Competitive Bodybuilding episode, I went through how, you know, I've been with my primary care doctor and all of my lab work, you know, looks good, minus my hormones are absolutely tanked. I had, I was on the really, really, really low end for estradiol, progesterone, and testosterone. So I'm, I'm low on everything. Um, and so I had to take that into, consider- into consideration um, when going through my own health slash growth phase because it kind of is both. I mean, I think that some coaches would argue you can't really focus on either one specifically when you're doing both at the same time, but this is just my life. I want to add muscle tissue and I want to get big and strong. And I also want to restore my hormones and my, you know, internal body processes and my, I just want to be a healthy individual again. So fuck yeah, I'm doing a growth in a health phase at the same time. And if, you know, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. This is what I'm doing. This is what's happening. This is how I'm doing it. Stay tuned if you'd like to know. Okay. (laughs) That's another thing that we're working on in therapy is justifying everything that I say and do because I don't owe anyone an explanation on anything. And if it's something that I firmly believe in, whether I'm right or wrong, who cares? It's my life. Okay. 
this is also therapy for me. So you guys also, you know, even though you're not sitting with me in my office and doing this podcast with me, like I envision you all listening to this and supporting me, <laughs> whether you are or not, uh, whether you're listening for uh, good reasons with good intentions or for other reasons, regardless. Okay, let's get into this reverse diet. So I met with my doctor when I decided, to, my primary care doctor, when I decided to quit competitive bodybuilding. We did all my labs. We did a bunch of assessments. She basically did a full physical. Um, and this is what she came up with to um, where any issues may be. Um, as you all know, I am diagnosed with anxiety and OCD. And I have recently experienced uh, multiple symptoms of depression which is new for me. And uh, those started to occur around the end of last year. And I had been on my anxiety medication, I believe it's about like four or five years now, um, since like the middle of my college career at UW-Madison. Um, I sought out therapy and a psychologist and uh, medication for my anxiety and OCD. So, a couple things my doctor did was obviously she ran labs and we talked all through those labs and all through everything that I had been going through. But a couple other things that she wanted to address was my anxiety medication. You know, um, there is a test that your doctor can perform that is a, uh, it's called a gene sight test. And so what they do is they swipe the inside of your cheek with a, uh, just like a Q-tip. Um, <laughs> and it, they just swipe the inside of your cheek, like I think for like 15 seconds on one side and they put it back and they do 15 seconds on the other side with a new q-tip and they send it off for this gene site testing and what it does is it looks at your dna and it assesses you know if you're currently taking any kind of uh medication or like mental health medication it assesses how well that medication matches up with your genes to best react and give your brain like the best kind of it, it, it makes sure that it's a properly if it, that's the re correct medication for you i haven't podcasted in so long and i feel like this is just the most hot fucking mess ever so i appreciate y'all for sticking with me um but it tests it looks at your genes and it best matches up <laughs> fuck the medication with you so my medication that I was currently taking, which is fluoxetine, aka Prozac, 40 milligrams a day was what I was prescribed back in college. We tested that and it was on the lower spectrum of a match to my specific uh, genes. So my doctor recommended a different medication that matches up far better um, with my genetic makeup, which is Pristique, which is a depression medication. Um, and under the care of my doctor, I've switched medications. Uh, we cut the other one out cold Turkey and just started the Pristique up right away. Um, and that has, I don't really know, um, if that has really done much for me because I did change so many variables at one time, which is why I do think that, you know, maybe a slower approach and testing one thing at a time might be a better option for others. But I was literally on the verge of like organ failure and uh, anorexia or malnutrition. I wouldn't say anorexia because I wasn't like 
purpose, definitely an eating disorder, but I was on the verge of my whole body tanking. So we had to change a lot of things at once. Uh, that was one of them. The diet obviously was another, which I'll get into. Training has uh, changed a little bit. Um, and then just a lot of like little life changes and like mindfulness, taking walks, meditation, stretching, therapy, journaling, all those things that I didn't find as much of a priority as my life got more stressful. And now that I have re-implemented those, um, I do genuinely feel like a more centered, calm, whole, and happy human being. Um, I have also taken time out for myself to do things on my own um, because uh, my boyfriend and I, Chase and I, have faced a lot of difficulty together in these first three months, especially since I'm going undergoing so many changes and neither one of us has ever lived with a significant other before. So we're adjusting to that as well. Um, so he's had to undergo a lot of changes. I've had to undergo a lot of changes and we're changing together. But, you know, we do spend a lot of time together, obviously, because we live together and we do a lot of things together, like go to the gym. We have um, a second job together. We obviously go to events. Like we do everything together. Like he's my best friend. He's my boyfriend. But at the end of the day, you know, we did have to have a conversation about like, hey, um, I don't feel that I get a lot of me time anymore of just myself. And, you know, given there's only so many hours in the day and only so many hours in the week. Um, but, you know, I had to kind of say, you know, during the work week, I think that we just need to be on our own schedules. We don't really need to check in with each other or, you know, go to the gym together or anything. We just need to be home to go to the farm together and do our second job at night. But I need some me time. And if we end up hitting the gym at the same time, amazing, awesome. But, you know, we needed to set some boundaries there. So, that was another area of my life that, you know, we kind of addressed was like personal life. And then we did the medication, we did diet, we did training, relationships, therapy, mindfulness, all that stuff. And then additionally as well, um, I, my doctor and I both discussed and decided that it was a very, very good idea that after being on birth control since I, hormonal birth control since I was about 13 years old, um, that I was going to cut out completely and stop taking hormonal birth control. Um, this is a decision that I have not made lately. Um, I've discussed it with my doctor, my mother, uh, other females in my life that I know that have faced similar situations that I have with um, hormonal birth control, my boyfriend, um, lots and lots of people. Um, and it's a decision that I made not lightly, like I said, because, you know, I've been on hormonal birth control since I was 13 and it's kind of ironic because I went on it in order to control my periods because I have never, ever had a normal scheduled period in my entire life. Um, and I am excited and also not excited to start the journey. <laughs> of attempting to get my period back. Do I want it? No. Is it a natural thing for uh, us ladies? Yes. Could I go to a non-hormonal birth control option like a copper IUD? Yes. And that's an option down the road should I be interested in it. But as someone who's been on hormonal birth control for literally... <laughs> 
13 years. Holy fucking shit. It's been 13 years. I'm 26, you guys. Okay, so for somebody who's been on hormonal birth control for 13 years, uh, specifically to not get her period, like as I'm now an adult, it's kind of scary that a doctor would tell a 13-year-old, here, just take this pill or um, let me shove this uh, hormonal thing in your arm or up your vagina and you won't get a period anymore. There you go. Problem solved. And I was just like, okay, because I'm 13, obviously. Duh. And it's just like to think that so many people have had this issue and so many females, especially in the bodybuilding world, realize how much this hormonal birth control can fuck your hormones. Like, I, it makes me wonder, like, do normal girls know the impacts of hormones, like, these kind of hormones in your body for such a long period of time? Like, I literally went to the doctor and I had no hormones. Like, I had no hormones. Like, I had none. Like, my buckets are empty. So, do I want to be on a medication that's going to restore my hormones or start taking testosterone or anything. No, because once you start home hormone therapy like that, there's a very, very likely chance that you will have to do that for the rest of your life. Um, and that your thyroid will begin to rely on the supplemental hormones and not create its own. And then like a lot of people that start taking tests, like have to take tests throughout the rest of their life. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I've done a lot of research on my own to figure out what to do um, in terms of my hormone regulation and getting those back on track. So one of those is on uh, April 20th, I have a appointment with a new gynecologist here in Lexington. And I don't know if I'll be able to get my IUD out that day. Probably not. But I will schedule it. Um, initially, I thought that I wanted to go to the copper IUD. But you know, I'm in a stable relationship right now with a partner that supports me. And I personally feel that it would be very, very good for my body to come off hormones completely um, and just see what happens and see how it goes and try to get my period back and try to, you know, I think that it'd be very healthy to start to track my hormones again. Like, what if I want to have kids down the road? This is something that I'm going to have to address um, at some point because what if, you know, in five years I keep my IUD in and I pull it out to start to have kids and they're like, oh, you can't, like, you're fucked. <laughs> you ruined yourself. Like, great, awesome. So not that I want kids because we all know how I feel about that, but it's just like hypotheticals, you know, you never know what's going to happen down the road and I just want to be the healthiest, happiest person that I possibly can be and when my moods all over the place and my body is on the verge of shutting down and my mental health is shit. You know, your hormones play a huge, huge role in that. So I am taking the step to take out my, um, I do have a progesterone only IUD. Um, I did have a hole in my heart when I was younger, so I was never allowed to have any, uh, estrogen, um, just in case because it could cause a blood clot. Um, so I've always been on progesterone only. Um, so this is a progesterone only IUD. I'll be taking that out. Will I want the copper IUD down the road? Maybe. I do like, obviously, the not having a need for other forms of birth control or contraception when having sex. Um, having the IUD is fantastic. Um, but for simply just that advantage, I don't 
I don't think it's worth it. So I'm going to get that bad bitch pulled out. Um, it's going to hurt terribly and I'm probably going to complain a lot and you guys will know when it happens. Um, <laughs> because sis did not do good when it went in. Did not. Fun fact, had to sit in the gynecology um, office for about two hours because they told me that I wouldn't need a driver. They told me I should be fine, that I could drive myself there and back. Um, but when they put it in, I literally have never felt such pain in my entire life. They told me that I was as white as the sheet that I, like the medical like paper that I was sitting on the patient's seat with. I literally was that white and they brought me candy, coffee, soda throughout this like two hours. And they told me that I had to lay there because they're like, we're not letting you stand up until you get the color back in your skin. Um, and then when I finally did, they made me like stand for five minutes. They made me like walk around the office because I guess a lot of girls when they get their IUD in would like walk up to the front to do their checkout and just like pass out in the front. So I was like, great. <laughs> awesome. Um, so <laughs> that was a good time. We drove home and we're in the fetal position for like four fucking days. It was terrible. Um, but anyways, so that's another step that I'm going to be taking to regulate my hormones and try to get my body back on track. And I'm just like so excited because of all the work that I've done and everything that I know now to hopefully start to have my body auto-regulate correctly. Because with all of the binge drinking in my past in college and which I don't doubt probably caused me to have SIBO for years and years and years undiagnosed, um, was the excessive alcohol, the artificial, um, artificial sugars that I would go to. I mean, I think that my, my diet's been pretty on point since I was about 15. I mean, I've been on a low FODMAT diet and dairy and gluten-free since I was about 15, but you know, when I cheat, I cheat hard. So, um, it's, it's, it's everything coming to a head and it's just, this is what we've done so far. So, um, in summation, let me think about this. We've changed anxiety medications. We're taking the IUD out and we're going all natural with the hormones. Um, I have a follow-up appointment with my, my doctor in two months to do more labs and see how and if my hormones have, you know, started to normally restore themselves and uh my you know my hormonal processes my thyroid is regular and producing correctly which i am crossing my motherfucking fingers that happens because again i do not want to be on hormone therapy we you don't want that i don't want that nobody wants that i don't want to be on hormones for the rest of my life um but another thing that i'm doing through my own research um i did a lot of research on the internet i consulted with some people in the industry and my doctor and whatnot and I've been taking some over-the-counter supplements that I literally bought at Trader Joe's because they're super cheap there, but you can get them at your Kroger. They're not like from a specific brand. I know a lot of bodybuilders will be like, you have to get Thyro Boost from this company or, or, or thyro, thyro, Thyroid Regulator or, you know, TSH Inhibitor or whatever from all these like big, big companies. Like, no, these are literally over-the-counters that just... I won't get into exactly what every single one of these has done. You guys can do your own research on the internet if you feel the need to, you know, follow a protocol similar or you think it's a good idea. But these are all over-the-counter supplements that I took, you know, prior to my bodybuilding uh, career ever starting. So some of those that help with hormone regulation and support your normal hormone uh, production and your thyroid and your liver and all the your kidneys, all the things. Um, I'm taking uh, currently a probiotic. I think everyone should take a probiotic. It's so important. 
Um, I'm taking my anxiety medication. I'm currently taking still a um, a enzyme uh, extra digestive enzymes from my GI doctor because I was lower in producing those. So that helps with my digestion. Um, and then those supplements, like I said, are a probiotic, omega three, uh, a B12 or a vitamin B complex because there's multiple B vitamins. So a vitamin B complex is usually a good um, altogether supplement. Vitamin C, um, ashwagandha is a natural over-the-counter one. I should have written these down because now I'm trying to picture all of them and I'm having a moment. Vitamin D is huge. Um, especially, um, I think that a lot of people should, would benefit from a vitamin D supplementation just because, you know, unless you live in bright, sunny Florida year round, you're probably not getting enough vitamin D. Um, and magnesium. Magnesium is a fantastic supplement that helps with so, I can't believe I forgot that one. I've been taking magnesium for such a long time. Um, it helps with digestion. It helps with hormone regulation. It helps with like a lot of internal processes. So I love magnesium. Um, I used to take about 500 milligrams a day, um, prior to my bodybuilding. And that was just, you know, a GI recommendation from my GI doctor. And now I've gone back to that. And all of these, um, I think, have just been, I mean, you're not going to see any huge, huge changes from supplementing with like over-the-counters like these, or even any supplementation from any large companies. You know, I have a lot of people that will ask me what supplements I use or I recommend or like an intra-workout or creatine or, you know, BCAAs or EAAs. There's so many out there. And a lot of them I really personally do feel are just marketing ploys for uh, large companies that are catering to fitness people or people that are interested in fitness. Um, but at the end of the day, if your diet, your sleep, your stress, and your water intake and pretty much all your basics aren't optimized and in check, I would I wouldn't I would say they're not, you know, you're not checking those boxes off every single day that you have optimized every single one of those. There is no point to supplementation. Um, there's no point in running a cycle either for those of you that love your your cycles. Um, there's no need to run a cycle if any of those are not in check, especially, especially, especially your sleep. That's something that I've learned a lot about too. Um, fiber is another thing that a lot of people don't always take into account in their diets. Um, so when I wrote myself this reverse diet and I've started to add back, you know, 50 to 100 calories a week, um, I took into account my fiber because that's huge in terms of digestive health. Um, and then I also take glutamine in the morning and creatine. I think that glutamine and creatine are really the only two supplements that you need, maybe a probiotic um, just for gut health in general. But um, I think that glutamine is so big for your gut health um, and it's helped me a lot. I can tell um, every morning after I take my glutamine, it gets my GI tract moving um, and I think that implementing that has really, really helped my my physique in addition to uh, my GI health because of my GI health, my physique has improved due to the glutamine. Um, in addition, creatine as well. Um, creatine is usually the supplement that I get the most questions on, which is kind of ironic because I feel like it's the most well known. Uh, five grams of creatine a day, anytime you want. Um, I do creatine monohydrate. There also is creatine HCL. Uh, it really doesn't matter which one you use. I prefer monohydrate. Some people prefer HCL. You can argue either one. Um, but if you are purchasing creatine monohydrate, my um, 
or creatine. My recommendations are always monohydrate. It's like the most natural, easy to break down form. Um, and then also, you know, it should be cheap. I know that inflation right now is freaking ridiculous. And a lot of um, companies, no matter what kind of company it is, even on Amazon, because I used to get creatine off of Amazon, even those prices have gone up. It used to be like $13 to $15. I think now it's like $20 to $30. $30 is a, is a bit of a reach. Um, but anything else that's added to creatine is just fluff. Um, it's the cheapest thing to make companies are not going to make their dollars off of creatine. So it should be rather cheap for you. Um, you don't need much else. It doesn't matter when you take it, just take it usually around the same time every day and make sure that you take it every day. Um, cutting, bulking, no matter what, you should take creatine year round. It will not make you hold water. That is a myth. Um, yes, you should take it while you're cutting. Cause again, it will not make you hold water. That is a myth. Um, I hate hearing and seeing that. It drives me freaking nuts. Um, but anyways, um, so those are just kind of the natural supplements that I've been taking. Again, been working on my diet, been watching, you know, making sure that I'm not eating too many inflammatory foods, um, watching my macros every week and making sure that I'm, you know, adding 50 to 100 calories when needed because, you know, a reverse diet is you're slowly starting to get your body back to maintenance, you know, in terms of hormones and um, not necessarily body weight. You will have body weight. Your body weight will go up inevitably almost always. Um, a lot of coaches will post about how people lose weight during a reverse diet, but that's usually genetic outliers. It's not too many people that happens to, um, especially people that have been doing this for a very long time, usually fitness newbies that enter into a reverse diet that have never... Um, like a lot of people that I will advise my friends and family on macros a lot of times. Like, I'm trying to do it with my mom right now, but she, I love her to death. But she just – I don't think she can stick with it because she just gets so frustrated with how tedious it is, which, you know, if you want something bad enough, you'll do it. Um, that's all I'm saying. But um, with your macros, you know, adding calories back is important in a reverse but it's important to listen to your body and what it needs. So do you need to increase your calories by 500 calories in a week? No. Is that a good idea? Probably not. Um, but also, you know, make sure that you're changing things when it's necessary to be changed and a stimulus is required for a response. If you're still getting responses and your body is still responding positively and doing what you want it to do at whatever calorie point you're at. I've been very, very conservative during this reverse diet. So every single week I'm assessing my physique very critically because I don't have a coach looking over me right now. Um, and assessing and really being honest with myself and having to be very unbiased and looking at my physique and being like, you know, are we making improvements? Do we need to increase calories this week? And I've only increased my calories about um, it's been a month and I think I've only increased them around 300 to 400 calories uh, in that month, but my body is responding so positively and so well. Um, but also, you know, I'm being conservative because I don't want to hit all that inflammation due to adding foods back due to digestive irritability because I think that we improved my gut, but I only did that growth protocol for about three months. So my gut's not fixed. My hormones are not fixed. All sorts of stuff is still very, very jacked up. And so I have to be kind to myself and patient and subjective and unbiased um, and really 
assess myself in a zoomed out way because, you know, I'm still the kind of person that I'll be super bloated today and I don't know why. Um, and I'll get really down on myself and be like, you know what, Maddie, you're fucking up this whole reverse diet. Like you don't know what you're doing. You're not a coach. Um, do I need a coach? Should I reach out? And I have all these, you know, manic, stressed, panicky thoughts, but then I step back and I look at my progress pictures from week to week and I'm like, you know that the, the scale can change drastically in a day. You know that your body can change drastically in an hour. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing and it doesn't mean you're not on the right path. So I just wanted to walk you all through kind of my perspective, um, my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my experiences through this last month. Um, and to kind of let you guys know what my direction is, what I've been doing and where I, where my future lies right now. And, you know, I personally, I think that I will be interested in coaching again, um, in the next, you know, probably year or two, but I won't be seeing a stage for a long time. And I know that I'm very small for my division. And I've said that, um, but in order to build muscle and optimize this muscle building and not have it take, you know, way longer than it has to, my gut health needs to be in check. My hormones need to be in check. My body needs to be able to partition the nutrients. There's no point in doing a bulk and adding more calories and reversing to a high calorie amount and trying to quote, rebuild my metabolism or whatever Instagram influencers say. Uh, if my body is not partitioning nutrients correctly or absorbing the nutrients that I'm giving it, there's no point in pumping the car full of gas if it's an electric car. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're putting the wrong things in it or if the car can't, if, if an electric car doesn't know what to do with gasoline, if it can't break it down and use it for fuel, there's no point in putting gas in that car. You're not going to get anywhere. So that's my analogy. And so I'm trying to listen to my body to make sure that I'm taking the necessary steps every day to be the healthiest, happiest person that I possibly can be while still prioritizing my fitness goals because I am still a competitor at heart. I'm a very competitive person and I live, breathe, eat, and sleep this shit that is bodybuilding. And I love it and I don't think I'm ever not going to love it. Um, and that's okay. You know, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to just pump the brakes, to step back and you know, if I'm being completely honest with you guys, I've had multiple coaches, multiple large name coaches in my DMs in the last two weeks. And although it's flattering and although it's really, really cool for them to reach out and to inquire about, you know, if I'm looking for coaching or anything like that, you know, I think that some people could look at that or, or the old me here, I'll, I won't say some people, I will put this in my own perspective. The old me would have looked at that and said, oh, these guys are just trying to make an extra buck. They're just trying to recruit another client. They're just trying to add another athlete to their roster. I'm not anything special. They just want my money. That's what the old me would have thought. But the new me who is in charge of her own career, her own life, her own destiny and her own success in this industry and in this sport looks at those messages with nothing but appreciation for other people, of course, and myself, because that tells me 
that I'm doing everything right, that I am exactly where I am supposed to be, that I have these high name bodybuilding coaches reaching out to me and telling me that they, that I have tons of potential, that they love my physique. And yes, I've heard, I've heard it from, from people up there in the bodybuilding industry that a lot of people can get caught up in that and that, you know, coaches will reach out to them and say that just to get them on their roster, et cetera. And like I said, the old me would have been self-doubt. You're nothing special. Don't look anything into it. And I think that part of that is good for being a humble person, but I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at those messages and being like, damn, I am so fucking proud of myself that I'm on my own, doing my own thing, and I am comfortable and confident enough to say thank you so much for that compliment. That's incredible, and I really do appreciate it, but I'm not in the market right now. And to be picky and choosy, like that is just such a blessing to have, and it's just I really couldn't be happier. And although every day is a different day, and there's lots of ups and there's lots of downs, and I feel like I'm all over the place lately because I'm just trying to regulate my body in terms of everything, everything, digestion, hormones, mental health, physical health. I'm just trying to stabilize everything. And to get a compliment like that from multiple different large name coaches is just, it's freaking incredible. And I'm just so blessed. And I don't know, I just, I could end every single one of these podcasts, whether it's four people or one person or 300 or a million people that listen to this and just say, thank you for the support. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for being a part of my journey. And I cannot freaking wait for the future of Force the Change and everything that I've got going on because goddamn, it's bright, y'all. I'm I'm so excited and I'm so excited to be back and bringing these, uh, this content and these uh, episodes to you every single week. I've got a really bright vision for Force the Change. I've got, you know, a lot of things in the pipeline, a lot of ideas that I want to run with and trying to compartmentalize those and, you know, see which ones are most important to me and which ones I can actually, you know, realistically make happen chronologically and, and how to do it and things like that. You know, I've got a lot, a lot of really good ideas up here in this brain. I'm really excited to make a dent in the fitness industry and, uh, you know, take off. So thank you so much for listening and I will see y'all next week, babies. Have a great one.